Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome. All of us here. We're all here. Signing in. Terrific. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're still in the cure in parents. And Bruce is back. And so all things are right in the world. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's great to be tell here. Him, Bruce, why, tell him why you're back, Bruce. <laughs> there was so much work piling up. <laughs> I, people kept saying, you got to come back. I did, man. <laughs> what a beautiful thing, though, to get back. We missed we missed this team, this family so much. And it, so it was really, really encouraging. Um I'm sorry, get. if you could only see Bill scrambling to get his phone. It's making so many noises right now. It just, it, yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just to to have perspective when you're away for two weeks and you realize how much you miss yeah. your friends yeah. back home. And, and Janet and I got to talk a lot about the family back here in the True Face community. Mm. So good. Mm. Uh, we are Continuing on with the Kieran parents, and last week, Bill, we finished off saying we were going to talk a, a little bit about well, what do you do when your child hasn't made the decision to trust Jesus yet? The, right. There's going to be a difference there. So uh, let's jump in on page 43. In many believing homes, parents are convinced we are all only saved sinners. Heavy emphasis on sinner. So while behaviors may appear good, no one's heart is really to be trusted. This Saved sinner theology carries this cynical and erroneous presumption. At their core, our kids mostly want to be bad. Left alone long enough, without enough control, rules, and shame, our children will ditch their Sunday school class, get into a car with a carnival operator, and drive to an abandoned warehouse to empty a two-liter bottle of a beverage named Old Mr. Boston, purchased with a fake ID. Such Wonky theology says Jesus only saved us. We get to go to heaven, but nothing is really changed. Our kids will change only through constant lecturing, control, and reminding them to not ever trust themselves. (laughs) Obviously, this affects how we parent, and it affects how our kids respond to our parenting. Some of us are parenting children who do not yet know Jesus, and we can parent now in the hope of them becoming believers. Anyone created in the image of God responds best when they are treated with genuine love and respect. God's image in every child calls out for these two hallmarks of dignity, love and respect. When parents respect their children and siblings respect each other, no matter how young they are, a family nurtures the beginning foundations Mm. of trust and health. Mm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Wow. That is um, a lot of words that convey an incredible principle. As I read that again, I, I'm thinking a major disconnect in many Christian homes is we try to teach Christian ethics mm-hmm. to non-Christian children mm-hmm. rather than as a parent being willing to deal with who they really are, they need Jesus. Mm. And then we make these ridiculous prayers in their presence. <laughs> oh, God, save my child. You know, I just, we, we, we shame the child in our prayers, always, of course, <laughs> directing them in our prayers to Jesus. Yes. yes. And it's just Will you like, take this miserable heathen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it just, it just, uh, so 
what was written there to me is like, how do I as a Christian, I have to be talking about my child now, but how do I as a Christian show the same love and respect yes. that I should for my neighbor? Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, who you I'm know. trying to see. Exactly, exactly. Right. It's like, how many of our neighbors appreciate the fact that we point out to them they're sinners? <laughs> no. And with no. love and respect, when God starts to woo their heart and draw their heart, it will sound very familiar to the voice that you shared with them in loving them all along. And they will go, that guy was talking about Jesus. Right. These two match up. That's right. When we're made in the image of God, which all of us are, we have tremendous, wonderful desires for connection yeah. and relationship and security and trust. acceptance yeah. and trust and being affirmed and uh, having a, a sense of doing something that matters. All these things are built into us. In the image of God, every child born in the image of God. So they all have these great desires, which have gone astray. We believe in theologically, it would be called total depravity, but that doesn't mean that we're totally ruined. It just means that every part of our being has been tainted by sin and destruction. And so those desires of that child to be affirmed and to be loved, to be respected, to have security, they're all right there. Mm. And that's what every parent, no matter if the child knows Jesus or yeah. not, well gets said. a chance well to engender and nurture mm. in every boy or girl. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like sometimes as Christians, we're afraid to affirm them because they don't know Jesus yet. We, we just, we just kind of have that fear of doing anything that might, and we do the opposite. We, we, we shame our children. And then that shame wounds them. And they know you as the parent are the wounder. And, and, and they, there's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing. Apart from Jesus, there's nothing they can do about what you've done when you've shamed them. You just think of well, where we leave that child. You know what I think of, too, when you said we teach ethics all the time. Like the, the thing about being a Christian parent is we teach ethics better than them. And even when they come to Christ, we don't change our mode of operation. We just <laughs> keep teaching ethics. You know, yeah. yeah. Ooh. And they, they can't apply it. It's, it's, it's what do they need. That's why I love what we've written here. They need love and respect. They yes. need love and respect. Yes. So, because that's, that doesn't shame them. And the believer needs to not be treated like a saved sinner. He needs exactly. to be treated or she like someone who has a new heart and, yeah. and has to actually count on it right. and to call out to that heart. One of the questions that our friend Mark Matlock, who wrote a book called Real Parents, asks in his book is, would your would your kids feel more likely to be comfortable coming towards you if they felt that need for connection? That's a great question. Regardless of whether they know Jesus or not, do they feel comfortable yeah. wanting to have connection with you and talk to you about something that's hard in life, something that they can't understand? Uh, no matter their age, do, do they feel 
a safety there because they have that need being made in the image of God for safety. Mm-hmm. And, and me has, as key quote pastor in their lives, have a chance to offer safety mm-hmm. for this, this young child, uh, this older child when they want to have relationship. It's sacred. Dude. I was thinking about as people who then end up as parents, um, we do the same thing in all our relationships where we think, if I show you that I'm not good enough at this, then I can't tell you that you should need Jesus because I have Jesus and I can't be better than you, so then why would you need Jesus? Which is this whole backward phenomenon that makes us not want to share Jesus when the whole gospel is how delightful it is to need this Savior and what he's saving us into is who we are and who we were originally. So when you talk total depravity, yes, but total love and respect that even God, even while we were still enemies, enemies toward him, he loved us. He sent to get us back so he could en- we could enjoy him the way he wants to enjoy us again because he already loves us and, and he's, all that's there. And so I think about like when we talk to our children as if we can't fail because if we fail, then they will see that they don't need Jesus because we're saying if you have Jesus, then you're this, this, and this. Yes. That is the absolute wrong gospel. And when we can apologize to our children, when we can say how much we need Jesus and that that's not a shameful thing, when we can talk about these things freely, our children will want to move toward us because they'll say, oh, Jesus is that kind of God. He frees my dad to say he was wrong. And that makes me want to move closer. That makes him safe. That's the gospel in parenting. That's the gospel in any relationship is God giving us that freedom. I love what we say that the beautiful thing I have in common with the nonbeliever is both of us today fully need Jesus. Amen. Just fully need Jesus. Amen. Imagine living that way as a parent. With that yeah. kind of spirit for the benefit of your child. Because they are going to make mistakes. They, right. they are going to sin. Because most most Christianity, and I, I, I sh- maybe I shouldn't say it that way. The way I grew up was, you need to mature enough to one day not need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I was taught. Right. You are going to mature and one day you won't need Jesus anymore. Yeah. And I realized some years ago, oh, it is a dearly and desperately wonderful thing to need Jesus each day. And I get to give that away to anyone because we're in the same boat. But I am so close right now. (laughs) I I am right on the cusp. I see that. You may be the first. (laughs) I don't have that same. Maybe I'm not fully self-aware. I just would say that. nothing that an intervention group can't help (laughs) you with. We we can help. Uh, But if any of you have gotten there and want to tell us how, then (laughs) we're we're there. We'll just grab this book. Absolutely. We'll say it again and again, but even discipline is an act of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if we don't know that as a Christian parent, then our anger, the way we discipline, the attitude we have will shame them. That's right. And they'll never forget it. And True. it'll form them. Yes. Mm-hmm. So even even that, they're going to mess up. How do I treat them in the reality of who they are? And how do I, we say in this chapter here, how do I respect them with what we've all said and how do they then learn to respect each other yeah Hmm. 
because so I know this can be weird, but you know, if there's three children, if one of them's not a Christian, they're treated different. And the respect is different. And the kids know it. One yeah. of them doesn't get any ice cream, right? Exactly. It's not, not that subtle. But You're saying by the parents. By the that parents. That the kids yeah, can yeah, tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard lesson. This is not an easy lesson. No, this is a tough one. Ooh. you're not saying. And just, just to clarify, you're not saying that they should be like. You're saying that that often happens often, in the it dynamic. It often happens in the yes. dynamic. Okay. Is that is okay. that somehow? Yes. The non-Christian kid isn't as respected or loved. Right. And it's like no, no, just the opposite is needed. If you're going to do something, love that one more if that's possible, because they're they desperately yeah. need what we're talking right. about. Hmm. We'll see you next week. Bye, you guys.